This is Ron Garney, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Uh, this is episode one. I can't drive. 55 episode 155 uh boy it's been 100 100 episodes since i did that um anyway i'm your host i'm rick Forbonis, and I, as always i am joined by uh you know that guy bob lucius and uh this is the part where i give a different introduction to bob oh bob no his mind is not for rent to any god or government, always hopeful, yet discontent. He knows changes aren't permanent, but changes. Is that a Bob Dylan song? No, no, no. no I can see where you'd, you'd, you'd think that, but no, no, it's yeah. not. Hmm. That is the band Rush from Gosh. 1981. Yeah. Huh. And that would be Tom Sawyer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Today's Tom Sawyer. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got yeah, it. Well, okay. Yeah. But, but why, why am I greeting you with uh, Tom well, Sawyer today? It's, it's a, it, it is a, uh, it is one of those typical Rick, you know, sunshine, what is it? Sunshine in Philadelphia sort of montages with all of the, uh, you know, serial killer map on the wall with all the <laughs> string connected love it when you yeah uh, you know suggest i'm a serial killer yeah so uh yeah i think uh because obviously we are covering amazing spider-man uh 537 today and yeah in that is one of cap's most famous if not most controversial speeches rick uh, and it is derived from uh the work of samuel clemens uh, otherwise known as mark twain uh, and the author of Tom Sawyer. Oh, thank you for bringing that full circle, Bob. Indeed. Yeah, I worked hard on that one, but I also liked the the lyrics I picked out. You know, his mind is not for rent to any god or government. Always hopeful. He knows changes aren't permanent, but change is. And I think that goes along with a little bit of what he says today, Captain America, to Peter Parker. Interesting. Yeah, nicely done. Nicely done. All right. Excellent. Yeah, we're going to cover Amazing Spider-Man 537 today. That came out in 2006. I got to tell you, Bob, this is uh, a cool story. Um, The reason we're covering it is because it's written by J. Michael Straczynski. Now, JMS is, uh, in case people haven't heard, he is the writer for the new Captain America series that is launching right around this time. And we uh were we we thought you know what let's let's see how JMS handles the character of Captain America and, and uh, frankly uh, this is a great issue to do that um, so that's the reason we we were bringing this one up now mm-hmm. so this takes place with this uh, huge crossover within Marvel you might have heard of it called Civil War. Uh, it rings a bell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Dude, were you were you reading comics during Civil War time? 
Uh, you know, I wasn't actually. This was a this was a time when I was uh, I was mostly overseas, uh, working in Vietnam at that time. So didn't really have access to to comics, and I wasn't ordering and having them shipped over at that point. I really I was out of it, and then when I moved back to the U.S. around 2009, I started picking it up again. Did you ever read Civil War? I have. Yeah, okay. I did. Yeah, several years ago. Okay. Well, I will tell you, this was back when I had my comic book store in Atlanta, and this was by far, Civil War, I should say, was by far my number one selling new comic. Uh, I had sold, um, I couldn't tell you how many copies, 150 copies or something like that. I, I, I didn't have a huge store, so I wasn't like doing mega numbers. But for me, like selling 150 copies of of one issue was uh, was a big deal. And so- you know that uh, Civil War, the uh, the miniseries, and then they had a whole bunch of spinoffs, other miniseries, other one shots, and then of course it touched into uh, many of the, the the comics that were ongoing at that time because yeah. you know a lot of these characters were in the story, but some of them just had to be, I guess, fleshed out more, and so. What happened with Peter Parker in Civil War was a big deal. And so the JMS uh, wrote, uh, I don't know, like a seven or eight part story uh, that fleshed out what was going on with him uh, during the Civil War, because he was one of the pivotal characters, as was Captain America and, of course, Iron Man. Right. Yeah. Uh, so can't wait to can't wait to get into that story. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, before we do that, Bob, um, I'm going to do the part where some people just like to fast forward through. Uh, what's been going on with you? I got a couple new acquisitions from my collection that I'm uh, super excited about. You know, nothing, nothing, you know, super expensive. But I, I bought some more uh, busts, um, mm. comic busts this time. So uh, <laughs> which is which is nice. My wife said I got to stick to those from now on. So I was happy about that. I got the Hydra agents and the AIM uh, AIM agents. So oh, oh nice. Yeah. Uh, who who made them? Uh, but they're Bowen busts. Okay. All yeah. Right. I, I've seen those. I, I might even yeah. had them in my store back in the day. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. Um, it's great that you can. I mean, Bowens are so great, uh, and you can pick up them reasonably priced. You know, if you just watch, and uh, and of course they've been out of production for so long now. Uh, there really is a big collector base of those. So neat, neat was this, was this the one where the uh, the Hydra agent has his fists up in the air? Yeah, there's a there's three of them. In yeah, the, right. In, in the kit. Yeah, they've got the and then the aim agents has two two aim agents so. uh -huh. with the beehive helmets. Yeah, so I don't really have any place to display them yet. I really need to, uh, as you know, I, most of my cap stuff is up. Um, I, I still have some that is boxed because there's just no room, but there is definitely no room for any of my fury stuff. Mm. And so I need to, I need to create some space and make a fury display. So, you know, it, it is interesting to me. Uh, I guess of everything that you collect, is it safe to say statues and busts are the only things that you take out of the box? <laughs> I don't even take all those. Rick, but, I know you uh, don't. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, that is the only thing I generally, um, you know, if I have room to display, but there's plenty of them that I haven't unboxed, you know, and uh -huh. a big part of that reason is, is because I don't have space to display them. Yeah. Um, so I hear you. Yeah. Well, you know, I still, I still laugh at myself when I think of um, the revelation that I had a year or two ago. Uh, it was one of those days. Cause you know, I collect um, uh, there's a, classic marvel artist 
uh, cartoonist by the name of Fred Hembeck. Right. And, uh, you know, he still puts out um, these little uh, trading cards, Yeah. you know, and uh, they're original art little cards. And he, he pencils and inks and colors them. And, of course, I started a few years ago collecting Captain America and associated mm-hmm. characters with him. And I don't know, I have a couple dozen of them. And so one day I was looking at one of my cards because I just, when I get the new one, I just keep it in its little holder and I just put it next to me so that I can just, you know, stare at it, you know, yeah. not stare at it, but I yeah. see it, right? Yeah. And that's where like the new one goes. And one day I had this Hydra agent there for, I don't know, weeks, weeks. And one day I just, um, I you know, it's in my peripheral vision. And one day I just, I'd look down again for like, I don't know how many times I've seen it. And all of a sudden I see this big yellow H on the <laughs> uniform. Right. Yeah. And I was like, that's H for Hydra. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I remember like, like it just this big revelation, like what all these, I, <laughs> how old am I? And I, I'm yeah. just noticing this now. And I mentioned this like in our Facebook group and I post it and whatever. And all oh my goodness, the amount of like, uh, yeah, no <laughs> shit, Sherlock, you know, like really, right. I don't yeah. know if I would admit that Rick. Uh, yeah, yeah I, uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I you, know, I'm sure you're looking at the Hydra bus and be like, well, yeah, Rick, of course, right, right. You know, it got, got me thinking, right? Actually, while you were while you were telling me that story, like as I said, I didn't I didn't pay a lot for those. Uh, I mean, of course, everything's relative, right? Sure. Um, and and the front Hembeck cards, you know, they're not particularly expensive, right? They can be had if you're. I mean, if you if you watch, right? Um, uh, sometimes there's a bidding war for those. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, it, it got me thinking like that would be a cool show to have sometime, but like to, to, to maybe have, uh, have some folks, uh, send in some examples in different price ranges of cool collectibles you can get for cap. Mm. Right. Um, just to like, cause that's what we need. We all need more ideas. That's a, that's a spend cool our idea. Money. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's, we do a show devoted to Captain America collectibles under a certain price bound. Yeah, right. You know, because like, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah, like fifty dollars like, and under. Yeah, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Cool we could stuff do that. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah, I think that'd be fun, and um, you know, people are always looking for ways to spend their money. Mm, of course. Speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, um, stick around for the end of this show because we will tell you our next episode is a brand new segment that we're doing. Uh, that uh, involves Captain America collectibles, and so uh, I'm excited to to uh, to to mention this uh, for you know for our next episode. So anyway, stick around for that. Um, and then speaking of the Facebook group, Bob. Yeah. Uh, I a few weeks. Well, you know, uh, recently for us, but if you're listening to this now, it's been a few weeks. Um, I went ahead and I changed the name. Uh, it has been Captain America comic book fans, but now I changed it to Cap comic book fans. Mm-hmm. And, and um, the reason being is uh, I've talked to some members, admins of other groups that have character names in their titles, and they have been shut down wow. without warning in, yeah. in, in Facebook. So, um, you know, nothing to do with Marvel. Marvel, you know, hey, if you want to talk about you know, as far as I know, is just good for Marvel. You know that we're promoting their 
their yeah. character, right? So yeah. they don't care. We're not making any money. Um, but uh, Facebook, you know, they they have, I guess, their their own internal policies. So, um, you know, I made the choice to to go ahead and change the name uh, to to just Cap. Uh, I may change it to Cap America comic book fans you could change it like every month or something like that if you yeah. wanted to but yeah. uh, and i also changed the group from public to private so it, it will not be if you you'll be able to see the group exists but you won't be able to see who's in the group or what they're posting yeah um, and so maybe maybe now we'll we'll get some people who are you know who have been holding off for a while to be like well now i can post this thing because i uh, before i was afraid my wife would see it yeah who would say uh, that uh, i don't know i <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anybody who would who would think that way. Yeah, or kick their mm. wives out of the group. Yeah, yeah, no, block them from. Oh, the group. Gosh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so if you if you go to the Facebook group that and you see that that's the reason why. But and also if if God forbid anything like the group does get shut down, just go to our website, which is CaptainAmericaComicBookFans.com. And go to our website. There's a place you could sign up for our, um, put your email in. And uh, that every time a new blog gets posted, which is every time we have a new episode, um, there's an e you'll get an email. And um, and then there I'll also announce uh, if we end up, you know, moving it to something else or whatever. So uh, if that ever happens, just just go to our website. Indeed, indeed. I know there's a lot of confusion. Like people didn't know, well, can we start posting like Captain Carrot and, you know, Captain... Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel. So I'm glad you cleared cleared that up for everybody. Mm. You didn't see those comments. <laughs> no, I, 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 self, I figured uh, I would just let you sit there, sit there in your own bad joke, Bob. All just... right, all right. Hey, Rick. Yeah, I got a little mail this week. <sighs> you was, did. Yeah, I you know I I I don't know anybody who knows my address. Number one. Uh huh. I do. Uh, or who would address it to Bob Lucius? Uh -huh. um, so, what is your name usually when you get mail, Bob? Well, it's funny because no one ever sends me anything, so it's usually just me sending stuff to myself. Uh, so <laughs> if it's, if it's when you send things to yourself, no. what do you what do you call yourself? Well, I'm, I'm very formal, so uh, it's, all my mail through Amazon is is it actually has it's so old it has my rank uh, still on there, and, and it's Robert <laughs> Lucius. So, uh, so when something like Bob Lucius pops up. I start like I start looking for like okay, so you got any grease stains? Is there any uh -huh. odd smells? You know, I go uh -huh. through the whole. Is there any white powder? Yeah, I go through the whole you know the whole check process. Uh -huh. And uh, and then I had some issues at work recently oh, about yeah. an employee I had to let yeah, go, and so yeah, I immediately yeah. grew suspect when the package showed up at the door. But so. I I thought I warned you in time. You you didn't. You oh. didn't. It actually arrived before you warned, but I was away this weekend. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bob, I sent you something. All right. I cleared, I cleared the house two blocks, uh -huh. you know, just to make <laughs> sure. So yeah. do you know why I sent this to you, Bob? I, I don't have any idea. Well, as I told you a few episodes ago, Bob, my, my love language is keeping score. Oh yeah. That was it. Keeping score. Right. Well, you're an Eagles fan. So you have a lot of training for that. So uh -huh, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so when you, when you gave me this amazing gift of the bullet, that you had custom made for me i i had to to send you something yeah i'm glad that you 
you clarified the the custom the, the one that I had customized because it means a very different thing if you someone sends you a bullet in the mail <laughs> with your name on it <laughs> with your name on it very very different thing. <laughs> yes it did not have my name on it it had a word on it but not my name on it thank you yeah yeah all right you're gonna go you're gonna open it now yeah let me i uh, got my my swiss army knife so i'm gonna open it here. why are you using the bottle opener <laughs> in case i get thirsty opening it oh, okay. self-evident here Oh, all right. What do we got here? <laughs> I love it. So it is a uh, it is a book by uh -huh. the renowned author Gavin Edwards, illustrated by Chris Kalb, and it's "Excuse me while I kiss this guy" and other misheard lyrics. Very nice. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about that? Um, yeah, we were talking about lyrics that we misheard and i mentioned that there's this book that was like written back in the mid 90s yes yes i found it that uh, that was published back in 1995 um <laughs> it only it only took me 28 years to uh to finally buy the book but yeah <laughs> uh there you go yes i love it I love that should it. be a, a little fun fun thing to do uh while you're you're sitting on the throne yeah <laughs> there you go play the songs and read along exactly yeah that's great yeah. all right to me favor just just randomly pick one or two from here all right here we go uh the classic uh song by the knack my sharona uh-huh uh the title of the song my sharona it is not my saroma not my saroma <laughs> <laughs> my saroma yeah oh that's great dun, that's dun, good. dun 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 <laughs> apple cart that's great oh my goodness all right well have fun all right thank you my friend thank not you. nearly as thoughtful as an engraved bullet no but, that's uh, awesome that's yeah. awesome that's that's uh many uh enjoyable bowel movements ahead for me so thank you <laughs> you're absolutely welcome uh you know the other thing too on facebook this is so cool that happened today now of course if you're listening to this it was a couple weeks ago but uh, man, Bob, you know, when we did the, the draft, right. Yeah. The, the Captain America fantasy draft, um, by the way, this, the score is still, uh, it moved, 75, huh? 25. So just, <laughs> I'm just, waiting for a last minute push. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had one of our listeners who, who's also in our, our Facebook group. Um, he, uh, he does art every once in a while. And cause we've seen it before he shared it, uh, in, in the group and he's got some really cool things. Um, he went ahead, took our stories that we put together for our draft and created covers, uh, for our stories. And they're awesome, Rick. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So his, his name is Rory Hensley. Yeah. He, he's been a member of the group, uh, going back to just a couple months after we started back in, in 2020. So um, longtime contributor to the group. Anyway, he wrote, was inspired after your podcast with the draft. Hope you guys like. And wow. Uh, do you want to describe the cover that he did for, for your story? Sure. So if, if you hadn't listened to the podcast, uh, the story that, that I uh, put together was about the Grandmaster uh, wanting to answer the challenge, right? Or creating the challenge to determine who was 
who was who was superior among the three caps that we always argue about in the group the the super soldier the superhero or the super spy slash super agent and mm -hmm. so on the cover of of this comic book we see each of those personas we see of course the the superhero but we see him from behind uh looking toward the world war ii uh super soldier uh, and mm -hmm. of course, he's, he's garbed out like he would be in, in the golden age with his uh, heater shield and his pouches. Uh, and then we see the, the super agent, the Commander Rogers from the, the super soldier period in, uh, in, in the Cap mythos. So, uh, and, the, and the title is Captain America, Avenger versus Soldier versus Spy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, you you left out the, he's, he I guess he used um, the the title dress um, from Captain America 300. Yes. So it has the, the Captain America logo, it has Captain America corner box with the, the classic Mike Zek jumping out. Mm -hmm. uh, and it says 60 cents, 300. Um, so he he's using that from 1984. So that's very cool. Um, cool. And then for mine, uh, he used the cover dress from captain america 154 so it has marvel comics group across the top uh and then it has 20 cents and it has the captain america with a the little bit of a you know the red white and blue uh, and these are not colored there but you know what i mean like that logo mm -hmm. with the stripes and then it has the the sal basima uh captain america uh up in in the corner box now on my cover it has a captain america yeah, uh, kind of like in uh, in the middle of of the uh, of the the page, and he has this uh, surprised look on his face with with his hands open, kind of like almost like he was like but 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 kind of <laughs> kind of look on his face. Yeah, and then you have in the uh, behind him you have a Bernie Rosenthal and Diamondback in her costume, and they're standing behind. Uh, cap looking a little nice yeah they both and then look in the very, very nice. foreground you have like a bus shot of sharon carter in her white shield uniform kind of walking away from cap turning around you know turning her head looking saying sorry cap we're done and then behind them is a shadow of the two major villains in my story and that's viper and Dr. Faustus. Yes. Yes. And they're they're grinning, like watching this. That's great. I love it. It's just the shadows, but you see the teeth and you see Faustus's glasses and you see Viper's one eye. You know, yeah, because the hair yeah. is covering the yeah. other one. So yeah. really, really clever use of the shadow. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Well thought out. Uh I I, I want to like print this out. I mean, this is this is so cool. Um, and and I highly suggest for for people who haven't seen this, just just go on the the Facebook group and um and and take a look at those. They're so cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank good, you, Rory. Good, talented people in the group, Rick. Absolutely. Well, none more talented than Rory Hensley. All right, Bob. So should we get to the comic? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, we're not going to. You know why? Okay, we got because... some birthdays. You got some reviews. What do you got? For oh, me? you know we do have a birthday. We do. Uh, I actually had something else I wanted to cover, but no, we do oh. have a birthday. Right. Uh, it's a big birthday today. Actually, is the birthday of none other than editor and Marvel 
uh, editor in chief, Jim Shooter. Big, big Jim. Very big. Big Jim. Very tall. Yeah. Tall, yeah. nice man. Very nice man. We we were so fortunate uh, to have him on the show. Mm -hmm. um, back in episode 65, he uh, he was, I think he was uh, January of, January 22, uh, we had him on the show. And uh, great interview. Uh, really interesting. But anyway, yeah, Jim Shooter celebrating a birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Jim. That was a great interview, Rick. He really, uh, he was so frank, you know, and uh, yeah, and informative, and he was able to recall so much. Just really, really great. I can't remember who I was talking to. It was another guest um, on the show, and they said they were talking to Jim, and Jim said something to them about, yeah, they asked really tough questions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. No, actually, before I we want to get into Amazing Spider-Man 537, I want to get into Amazing Spider-Man 534. Oh, 534. Uh, the reason being, um, this is uh, also, um, this is this was the JMS story called The War at Home, and it was a six-part story, and this is uh, part three. And uh, Spider-Man actually fights captain america in here and so it is um you know the same creative team writer j michael straczynski penciler ron garney uh we know we know ron from his time on captain america his, his few different stints um inked by bill reinhold and i gotta say i really like reinhold's inks on ron garney this is this is good quality stuff colorist matt miller letterer Corey pettit and then editor Michael O'Connor and Axel Alonzo. Uh, so this this came out in July of 2006, had a cover date of September 2006. So I just, I want to get into this uh, 534 because it is, it, I think it's important to the story we're going to do today, which is 537. Mm -hmm. um, but so Spider-Man took Tony Stark's side because he thought, it was the right thing to do because it was the legal thing to do. Right. Uh, Tony Stark uh, had a law, uh, you know, because he was, he was the head of shield at the time. He was, uh, I, I don't know. Was he the head of defense for America or something? I don't know. He, he like had a, yeah. a large role. And after just setting the stage of what happened with civil war, uh, there was a, uh, a group of young superheroes um i can't remember uh you know it was like speedball and a mm -hmm. few other guys i can't remember yeah. the uh the name of the team but uh they were the loose, taking the loose on, cannons yeah well they were taking on uh this villain uh who had the ability to like blow up and and just constantly just blow up and uh they misjudged a few things and and uh, there was a school that was blown up and uh civilians and children died and so because of this, there was a, okay, well, you know, who's, who's like policing these vigilantes, right? I mean, they just, they get powers, they put masks on and they just go out and do whatever they want. You know, we, we need to, to rein them in. They, they need to, uh, you know, tell the government their identity. They need to go through training. 
and you know we will tell them you know where to to go to to do justice and good things right so right um you know in theory it makes sense it and, does yeah and tony stark you know he was put in charge of this and he he basically you know said all right listen everybody you you need to come in and you know give your identity and take training and um captain america took issue with that and said these are civil liberties civil liberties and you know we shouldn't be forced to do these things you know we're private citizens um and so on and and it was really interesting because if you think about it you me personally i would have expected captain america of all people to be like okay we're going to follow the rules yeah. right you know, we're going to do the thing that the government says and follow the rules because it's the right thing to do. But he didn't. And I think that was surprising to a lot of readers. Uh -huh. And so half the uh, heroes sided with Tony and half the, the heroes sided with Steve. And those half went into hiding because they were now criminals they were now being hunted and uh, it made for a very dramatic story yeah and then if they if they caught they got they were in prison right and if they didn't if they didn't toe the line so yeah yep so in um a, a few issues prior to this i want to say in in issue 533 peter parker or spider-man goes up on stage with iron man and everybody knows he's tony stark um he goes up in front of the full press and everything and he takes off his masks and he says i'm peter parker and so there's a fallout from that right because now he has put his loved ones in danger yeah that includes aunt may that includes his wife mary jane that includes his friends and so on right so they go into hiding and um, one of the things also going on at this time is Tony Stark gave Peter Parker um, uh, a new costume. Yeah. And it is called, uh, what is it called? Spider armor or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he had a little bit more armor on him, but he also had these four tentacles that came out that uh, so he actually had eight arms and legs and kind of looked like a spider. Um, and he could use those defensively, he could use those offensively. And so um, he is now teaming up with, with Iron Man to go and hunt down all of those who do not register and, um, you know, including former friends and, and colleagues. Such a such a crazy story, you know. Uh, and I know it was, you know, obviously ripped from the headlines at the time with the Patriot Act and a lot of things that were going on in the U.S. after 9-11. Uh, um, but uh, just just a really thought provoking story. Absolutely, it was uh, it was one of the better stories uh, we've had in a long time, yeah. and uh, it was it was it was a company wide crossover done right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. it really was. And uh, Joe Casada had a big play in that. Um, Mark Miller, Mark Mark Millar, I think it was. Millar, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But anyway, uh, so I'm going to just uh, read a few pages from 534 just to set the stage of what's coming up for the cover comic we're covering today at 537. So here's Peter Parker, who is in a battle with these heroes, and he's got his spidey armor on, and he he's in the alleyway, and he's making his snide remarks as he tends to do. And he says, hey, sunshine, where are you going? The fun's just starting. That's where you're wrong, Peter. And we go to this big splash page and it's Captain America jumping down, landing in front of him. There's no fun here. There's only innocent people being hurt and arrested and killed. And you're on the wrong side of that equation. Funny. I was about to say the same thing to you, followed shortly afterward by, I don't suppose you'd be interested in surrendering peacefully. I'm going to make this short and to the point. I respect you, Peter, and I know you. I know your heart. I know you hate what you're doing, but you think you don't have any other choice. You're wrong. You could still do the right thing. We could use you on our side. I won't ask again. My whole life. All I've ever really wanted is the respect of the people I admire, Aunt May, MJ, and people like him. Finally, at last, after so long, I've got it. And Cap reaches out his hand to Peter. And now I'm going to lose it forever. Forever. And he goes and he attacks Cap. I've seen him fight dozens of times, tried to study his moves, but until this moment, I never realized there are no moves. It's all just one move from start to finish. Smooth, quick, a ballet, deadly and fast, and powerful. And Cap hits him again and knocks him across his head. And then they both... Uh, acrobatically dive backwards and land looking at each other. Got to put some distance between us. Use the strengths he doesn't have, the webs, the... Then he throws it, throws the symbol of the whole freaking country at me. What a great panel, Bob. <laughs> that really is, yeah. The uh, Spidey Sense really paid off on uh, on that dodge. Mm-hmm. Damn. And then it ricochets uh, just underneath uh, Spidey, ricochets off the wall, and then starts going all ricocheting all over the place. The shield is perfect geometry in flight, but I have one advantage. I can sense where it's going to end up. I use it and take away his weapon. And then he he uh, he sprays his web all over the shield, Bob, and, and sticks it to a wall. Yeah, pins it to the wall. And as I turn, still in midair, I realize I've exposed my back and did exactly what he wanted me to do. And Cap gives him a karate chop <laughs> right in the midsection. Yeah. And Peter goes down, clutching. Everything's numb below the waist. Oh, gee, Bob, if I had, if I had 10, 10 cents for every time I heard that. <laughs> 
He's hit me three times. I didn't get him once. Elapsed time, 10 seconds. The man knows more about hand-to-hand fighting than I'll ever learn in a hundred years. Makes me feel like a chump. Fine. Use the anger. Make him fight my way, not his. And he starts firing all kinds of webbing at him. The cap jumps out of the way. He studied me. That's why he wants to fight close. He knows my every move, my every skill and power. But he hasn't had time to study these. And what are these, Bob? Yeah, that's when the uh, the spider armor uh, uh, deploys those uh, those additional, um, you know, they're they're like tentacles, right? But mm-hmm. uh, they're also they've got uh, very sharp claws on the end of them, and they're articulated, so they're mechanical. Um, and they you know, obviously they come out uh, out of his back area, so they're like pincers. Yeah, like pincers. Yeah, and it strikes Cap's cheek. First blood. And then they both land. He's surprised and ticked. Ooh, look at the eyes, Bob. That's a great panel. Series of three panels there. It really is. That's how I can beat him. Not fighting a man to man, but man to spider. But just then, there's an explosion going on behind them. No, the others, they're under attack. I have to get to them. And then he hops away and hops on top of a building to, to leave. And he just leaves his shield behind. So anyway, that's the, uh, that's the story of the two of them fighting. And it, and it does end kind of interesting because um, there's some hooligans that come over trying to get to cap shield and they're pulling the webbing off. Um, but Peter Parker tells him to, to leave mm-hmm. alone and walk away and very scarily. Yeah. And then uh, he says, um, they've got no business even touching that thing. Nobody does. Nobody but him. And then uh, he ends up putting the shield up higher on the wall that uh, only Cap could get to, which he does later. But I, I'll, I'll read this part because I yeah, think it's, this is good. This is yeah, important. Yeah. I put it in a place where nobody can reach it. Correction. Almost nobody. Because I want him to know I left it for him. When he finds it, I hope he understands. I hope he gets the message that the shield represents the country and the laws of the country decide who's right, even the laws we don't like, even the ones that suck. Cap thinks in terms of right and wrong, but this isn't a matter of right or wrong, moral or immoral. It's legal versus illegal, at least that's what I tell myself in the middle of the night when I wonder what the hell I'm doing here. I'm legal. I'm registered. I'm authorized. And I feel this whole situation is starting to unravel all around me. I just hope to God that I'm also right. And then to be continued. So that was Amazing Spider-Man 534 in... 535, I think that's when he basically turns on Tony. Uh, 536, I think he goes in front of the the press again to say that he was wrong and that he wants to, um, you know, do the right thing. And uh, also mentions the fact that there's a, a, a prison 
that's out there that is holding all these people illegally. And then that brings us to 537. All right. Good recap. Yep. Uh, all right. Again, I think this is, yeah, same creative team, JMS, Ron Garney, Bill Reinhold, Matt Miller, uh, Corey Pettit, Michael O'Connor, and Axel Alonzo. So this has a release date of January 3rd, 2007, cover date of February 2007. Uh, the cover is by Ron Garney. Do you want to do uh, uh, explain, describe the, the cover to the listeners, Bob? Yeah. Well, I mean, and like a lot of the Civil War books, uh, Civil War crossover books and, and the original series as well. So it's really a half cover, right? So the bottom half of the book uh, on this particular uh, book is, is red. Uh, and then the top half of the book is where we see the action. Uh, and so in the foreground, we see, uh, we see Spidey and uh, from mid thigh up, and he's got both arms extended perpendicular and he's shooting out webbing from, from both hands. And then we see uh, Frank Castle, Punisher, and he's got a very, very large automatic uh, weapon that he is- that a Gatling gun? It looks like a Gatling gun. Yeah. Uh, nice job, Rick. Uh, and you can tell he, he's got, a, uh, he's got a, um, a harness that is mm -hmm. helping hold it up. So it's a very large caliber weapon and he's got both hands on it and he is just firing away and you see shell casings being ejected in all directions. And then behind him, you see Cap. And it's mm -hmm. a great rendering of Cap in a very command, uh, command presence. You know, you can feel that uh, his authority, and he's he's pointing with his uh, with his left hand, his his index finger extended, his shield is strapped to that hand, and his mm -hmm. right hand is clenched in a fist, almost like he's drawn it back, ready to throw it. And you can see his mouth open. He is he's issuing orders at this point uh, mm -hmm. to to his uh, his his comrades. Very nice, Bob. Um, you know, it's interesting. The, I mean, when are we ever going to see Punisher firing a weapon and Cap and Spidey on the same side? <laughs> True. Yeah. Good point. It, it, you know, it's a, it is a little, you know, that was one of the things. That was one of the things, and 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 I think you know, it was, you know, we the sides, right? And who took sides? And Punisher took Cap's side, but then I think there is a part, a, a point in the story where Cap basically, like, you know, Punisher, you're no longer part of the team. Yeah, yeah get out. Yeah, he yeah. he he kicks him out. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we open up and it's morning, and we're at a motel on Route Forty. And we go into the room and it's two beds. We see Peter Parker laying on one and then he wakes up and he sees Mary Jane and Aunt May sleeping in the other bed. And he goes and he picks up uh, sunglasses and a hat that's kind of like a disguise. And he walks outside and he goes to the, uh, the newspaper machine, vending machine. He sees a Daily Bugle. And he puts in the money and he grabs himself a uh, a, head, uh, a newspaper. And what's the headline, Bob? It says, uh, Spider-Man, Parker challenges registration. And, and there's a picture of uh, Peter Parker with a Spider-Man uniform on, but without the, without the mask. And then there's a, uh, a lady there. How would you describe the lady, Bob? I wouldn't describe her as a lady, Rick. 
<laughs> or maybe well, she's a lady of the night. You know, at this point, we only see her from really the upper chest up, but she's wearing like, a, you know, one of those strappy sort of uh, shirts mm -hmm. that exposes some cleavage. She's got her hair, you know, sort of done up in uh, uh, fancy style. And she's very heavy on the eyeliner in the eyeshadow. So she's mm -hmm. got some some blue eyeshadow. So we're getting some vibes here that um, maybe she's not the front desk staff. Mm hmm. So she sees him as he's walking by. Long night. Yep. Yeah, me too. And he goes back into his room. And then she looks down the Daily Bugle. And she sees the picture. And then she looks back at him. And then she remembers uh, a conversation she had with him before. And she starts a piece together who he is so she breaks out her cell phone which is a flip phone bob <laughs> yeah right <laughs> right looks like one of those nokia flip phones the, yeah right and uh you want to do the sound effects bob oh i would i would boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> lucille it's honey you know how i said i was going to stay in this until i could get one big payday and get the hell out of turning tricks well I think I got something to pay the way out the door for both of us. Dun, dun, dun. And then. So, so she's a magician. Oh, because the tricks? Yeah. 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 Good. That's, good, for a, her. that's good by you, Bob. We have to find him as quickly as possible. So we cut to Cap talking to Johnny Storm, who's in his uh, human torch Fantastic Four outfit, and they're in their headquarters. Now, Cap's standing there with the shield strapped to his back. Um, I, I think the shield, a tad, a tad small. It's his. It's his workday shield. I, uh, I, I listen. I love Grand Garni. He's one of my yeah. top three Captain America artists, yeah. and I think the art that he's putting in here is amazing. It is no pun intended. Yeah, but. Um, I'm wondering if the shield slightly salt. Now we had this conversation in the Facebook group not too long ago. Indeed. Um, because they were showing, I think it was John Basima doing in you know the cap shield being kind of small. And I I made note of the fact that I remember the shield can't be too big because there's been plenty of times where he's had it on his back and then he had like a trench coat, you know, over top of it. So if it was too big, it would just kind of look look weird and obvious. You look like you could put a trench coat over this and just barely get away with it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's 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 magic. Mm -hmm. It's theater. Because after that little stunt last night, Stark will do everything in his power to take Peter down. I know he's trying to keep the heat off of us by keeping his distance, but at least here, there's a chance for us to protect him. And Johnny's like, we're not going to have much time. Stark will turn this whole city upside down to find Peter, and we don't have anywhere near his resources. I know. That's why I need you out there. I know it means putting you at risk as well, but don't worry. I can take care of myself. Flame on! And he, you know, the, the fire comes on, Bob. Love Do you it. think he needs to say that? <laughs> I don't think he does, but I think it's really cool. I was just thinking to myself, I'm going to say that randomly throughout the day. 
You know, but, you know, let's just pick something else, though. Uh -huh. Like, he's just doing an action and calling out the action. What if we did something like that? Like, you know, um, I don't know. Click uh, mouse. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> uh, my wife would be like, flush toilet. Just do it. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, tell you what I, my wife would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so he then uh flies away with a little flame or big flame really and so he goes out into the to uh the night sky and then we hear the inner monologue of johnny storm okay i got several ways to go after peter sources i can check old haunts where i know he used to hang out just have to get his attention and then we cut back to the motel would you like some more toast peter <laughs> <laughs> Brett, are you a fan of Nacho Libre? I've never seen it. You have never. I seen know. That? I know. Your son <laughs> loves the movie. It's it's a. Fabulous. Does he still quote it? Oh my gosh, we both do. I just quoted it the other night at dinner. We were having like I made some like Mexican food and we had some tortilla mm -hmm. chips and I said, "Could you pass me the large chips?" <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with toast well because there's a line in the in the movie where nacho libre he he sort of gets sweet on this 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 nun this sister who arrives uh -huh. at, the, at the monastery and and everybody's like in love with this nun and mm -hmm. old nacho is you know uh and, and he's not really cut out to be uh, a brother at the monastery um and he wants to be a wrestler uh and so uh, he goes to her room one night and he's also the cook for the, for the brothers. He brings a, he brings like a whole plate of toast and they're mm -hmm. sitting there in the room eating the toast, you know, together at like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and he goes, it's pretty good toast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so we also say that whenever we have tests, it is pretty good toast, huh? <laughs> no wonder your face oh, lit up when, when I movie. say, "Would you like some more toast?" <laughs> it's good toast. Uh, no thanks, Aunt May. I've had plenty, <laughs> so she can't do the she can't do the uh, was it the yeah. wheat cakes? She can't do the wheat cakes, <laughs> so she's doing the the wheat toast. And so she, and uh, but Mary Jane is standing with her arms crossed, looking out the window. So what's the agenda for today? Lay low until nightfall. Try not to attract any attention. And that may not be an option, Peter. Why not? Come take a look. Oh, and he looks out the window. What does he see, Bob? It is a big flaming spider lit up in the sky, like a sky writing. And, and there's some text underneath the spider that says, call me. Call me. Now, if we go back to the, the panel before, uh, how would you describe Mary Jane, Bob? Uh, well, she's, uh, you know, she's about Peter's height, maybe a couple inches shorter than him with red hair. Mm -hmm. Oh, and she's also wearing uh, a Planet Hollywood uh, T-shirt. No, she's not. It's not a Hallwood. It's Planet yeah, Hallwood. <laughs> there's no why. <laughs> Planet Hallwood, yes. Uh, and oddly enough, it doesn't seem to cover her midriff. So I'm mm. not sure why that is, but... I think the coloring is a little interesting uh, on her uh, chestesis area. How so, Rick? Um, it highlights some things. 
Well, she it looks like it might be cold there, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you're right. Actually, I hadn't, I hadn't noticed that, but, uh, yes, they've taken some liberty with the, uh, the coloring, I think to, 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 it's a crowd pleaser. Mm -hmm. Yes. Why didn't they do that for MA? Hey, MA is looking pretty good there in that. I don't know what she <laughs> no, looks like. She's no, she a... is not. Yeah, she come is on. not. I'm really? sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, after I've seen Mar Marissa T Tomei, uh, and, <laughs> and then you show me this one? No. No. Uh, you ageist. Uh, well, yeah, sure. Okay. Your time will come. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> All right. So um, a little play on words here. Um, and so I think it's Spidey says, now that's what I call sending an instant message. But then we cut to the next conversation. I take it you received my message, Mr. Fix. And then describe this next panel, Bob. Well, it's clearly in a, uh, it's, it's in a prison. Uh -huh. um, and we have a very large desk with a, an officer of the law standing guard by one of the prison doors. And then we see at the desk, we see uh, Kingpin uh, in his orange jumpsuit with his very large head and his very large hands and, and everything else very large about him uh, sitting at one side of the desk. And on the other, a very, very small individual by, by uh, I guess, in comparison uh, with a, a sort of blondish hair with a little bit of a blonde ponytail. And he's got some legal pads in front of him, but it, it, it's almost like a lawyer consulting mm -hmm. with his client mm -hmm. uh, in, in a prison, um, you know, visitation room. I mean, I like how Garney's drawing Kingpin. I really do. He 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 almost looks like a sumo wrestler. He does. He's so big. Yeah. Right. But it, honestly, that's how Frank Miller drew, drew him as well in the mm -hmm. pages of Daredevil. He drew him as a big hulking man like this. Um, and I really, really like it. Yeah. And, and, and sort of the rendition of this. I mean, I, I, you can't let it go, I guess, without talking about it. I mean, the room is black. Right. Yeah. Except for you see an overhead light at the uh, 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 on the roof. Uh, and, and just the gradation of the light coming through that uh, that skylight, you know, uh, lights up a little bit of the room. And there's a lot of shadows from like mm -hmm. from outside the room shining through the barred doors and windows. It's a it's a really nicely rendered uh, uh, panel. Yeah, 100 percent. So Wilson Fisk says to his. We'll just say his lawyer. I did. This had better been good. I was just about to get my daily massage. I think you will find this of great interest, Mr. Fisk. We have located the individual of whom we have spoken previously. I know that as an honest businessman, you wish the person to receive this bonus. He is long overdue. So I wanted to check with you to confirm whether or not you still wanted him to get what's coming to him. And he draws on a piece of paper and slides it to him. What is on the drawing, Bob? It's a it's a it's a picture of a spider, and and underneath the spider it says plus two. And it's not just any spider, Bob. That is this. That's the spider that's on the front of Spider Man's costume. Indeed. And Kingpin smiles. Absolutely, 
I want him to get nothing but the very best. And I want it done immediately, today, if possible. We don't want to lose any time in case he moves. And then he circles around the plus two, almost with a scope, like a bullseye. I want this delivered to his address, and I want it to be a complete surprise, the kind of surprise that just can't miss. Consider it done, Mr. Fisk. Just one last thing. If he does move on before we can deliver the package, what then? Then deliver the package to anyone at home who can accept it. Anyone? Anyone. Because in the end, as with all gifts, it's the thought that counts, isn't it? Now, describe these two panels, Bob, because they are amazing. <laughs> they really are, right? I mean, so you, you're you're looking essentially from behind this this lawyer individual, uh, and we see we see Kingpin on the other side of the table just looming over him, right? He's got mm -hmm. his hands flat on the on the table in front of him, and he's just he's just looming, uh, and he's got a very just concentrated. Uh, focused look i mean he looks angry but in control of the rage that mm -hmm. is seething within him and then that next panel you're talking about it's it's really from uh it's it's from his upper lip up mm -hmm. to you know maybe a couple inches above his eyes so you get this you get this close-up and his mm -hmm. his his face is crunched up and you can see he's very pleased with himself. You know, he he made a joke here, you know, and we, mm -hmm. we know what he's talking about. Right. He needs and he's finding the humor in it himself uh, that he, one, he's going to to get rid of these problems that he's been bugging him for so long. But he's also really pleased at the way that he's delivered that line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's creepy. And the beady eyes and the wrinkles around him. Yeah, just just so well done. All right, so then we cut to it's daytime and we're outside and it's a, an alleyway and we see Cap in, in full uniform uh, walking with uh, Sam Wilson in his classic red and white. I wouldn't say classic, but, you know, not not the original red and white Falcon, but the, the next version of it. Um, and uh, so he they're walking down an alley. I got a little I got, I got a little pet peeve here, Bob, uh -oh. with the colorist. Uh huh. What do you what do you think I'm going to pick out? Uh, are you going to talk about the stripes? Yes, Bob. Because <laughs> that was something that came up in the Facebook group this week as well. Right? Well, I don't know. No, no, it wasn't. It was when somebody mentioned the the Basima Shield. You yeah yeah you yeah. yeah. I said stripes. my pet peeve. Yeah that yeah was yeah. Yours. yeah yeah yeah. It's supposed to be. Let's have consistency, folks. Right? If you're going to if you're you're going to take the time to make sure the shield is correct, where it goes. Red, white, red with a blue circle and then the white star. If you're going to make sure that's correct every time, let's make sure the stripes underneath his star is correct every time. Like why, why do they, why do they put so much detail in, in attention to the shield, but not the stripes on the shirt? Yeah. The, 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 the stripe underneath the star, first of all, has to be, a solid stripe from the star to the bell buckle, right? It can't be like a split, you know, like, like down the middle. It's a solid stripe. Number one, number two, 
It needs to be red. It is red going up to the white star because the white stripe going up to the white star does not look nearly as good. But the red stripe going up to the white star is more of an exclamation. It puts more focus on the white star. All right. Okay. Get it right, people. Rick looks an awful lot like Wilton Fisk. Wilson Fisk looked in that previous <laughs> I can see the rage seething. <laughs> uh, make it so. Uh. All right. So the Falcon says to Steve, so you're going to look for him? I'm going. You realize this could be a trap. The thought had occurred to me. But you trust him. This isn't a time for trust. Then why go? Because this isn't a matter of trust. Could Stark think of asking Peter to go through all this just so he could get close to us and set us up? Absolutely. Would Peter go along with it? Maybe. But I've worked with Peter, and the thing about him is that he's the worst liar I've ever seen. He has too much respect for the truth. So when he lies, it shows. And what I saw in his face last night was the unvarnished truth. I'm not arguing. Now, what what is he referring to there last night, Bob? Uh, well, when Peter uh, dropped by the uh, television news broadcast and uh, and said his piece to the audience. Yep. But it's just as possible that Stark maneuvered Parker into this position so he'd do exactly what he's doing. That he's telling the truth as he sees it doesn't mean he isn't being used. And he, if he is being used, then you're being used. And that's dangerous. It's possible, Steve. And Steve just walks away. And you know it's possible. So then we cut to uh, Cap standing on the top of a building, downtown Manhattan. There's a full moon. And he's staring out at the moon. I like that panel. Because he's got the shield on his back. And he's got his fists clenched. So he's not at ease. And then we see Spider-Man in his classic uniform. Not the Spidey armor that we, we saw a few issues ago. And he pops up right on the ledge. Just a few feet in front of Cap's face. And Cap stand, he folds his arms and he stares at him. And Peter stares back. And then he says, So, come here often? That was a very brave thing you did. Thanks. Foolish, but brave. So it was the wrong thing to do? I didn't say that. But it does put you at an even greater risk. I had to get a message out to the people so they understand what's going on. Except, of course, that the media ignored everything about the prison and spent all their time talking about how you were challenging the government. They've got you pegged as a Benedict Arnold and a traitor to the American cause. They've been saying worse about you lately. I know. So how do you deal with it? And he, he has a little bit of a slight grin. I've seen that look before. You've got a story, don't you? Peter. Come on, Grandpa Steve, tell us a story. And then Peter pulls off the mask, but he's no longer joking. He looks very serious. When the whole country is against you, 
when it's all bearing down on you like some kind of 10 ton weight and you don't know your own heart anymore sometimes how does it how does someone like you deal with it i mean you're practically are the country how does the man who is the country react when the country goes a different way you really want to know i don't want to know cap i need to know and then this next panel he kind of turns away and he puts his foot up on the ledge and his arms down at ease, no longer clenched. And he kind of looks off. I remember the first time I really understood what it was to be an American, what it was to be a patriot. I was just a kid a million years ago, it seems sometimes. Maybe 12, I was reading Mark Twain. And he wrote something that struck me right down to the core. Something so powerful, so true, that it changed my life. I memorized it so I could repeat it to myself over and over across the years. He wrote, quote, in a republic, who is the country? Is it the government, which is for the moment in the saddle? Why, the government is merely a temporary servant. It cannot be its prerogative to determine what is right and what is wrong and decide who is a patriot and who isn't. Its function is to bay orders not originate them. Who then is the country? Is it the newspaper? Is it the pulpit? Why, these are mere parts of the country, not the whole of it. They have not command. They have only their little share in the command. In a monarchy, the king and his family are the country. In a republic, it is the common voice of the people. Each of you, for himself, by himself, and on his own responsibility, must speak. It is a solemn and weighty responsibility, and not lightly to be flung aside at the bullying of pulpit, press, government, or the empty catchphrases of politicians. Each must for himself alone decide what is right and what is wrong, and which course of patriotic and which isn't. You cannot shirk this and be a man. To decide it against your convictions is to be an unqualified and inexcusable traitor, both to yourself and to your country. Let men label you as they may. If you alone of all the nation shall decide one way, and that way be the right way according to your convictions of the right, you have done your duty by yourself and by your country. Hold up your head. You have nothing to be ashamed of. End quote. Then we turn the page and we get to, I think, the part that gets quoted the most. Uh, mm. Because at this point, Cap's paraphrasing. It's no longer Mark Twain, uh, but he's paraphrasing Mark Twain and adding his own insight. And it's an interesting page, right? It's a, just a big splash of Cap with the shield on his back looking down at, at Peter Parker um and he and peter's looking up at him in reverence and uh by the way this particular panel when we had ron garney on the show mm -hmm. he did talk about because we brought this up uh we, we we've actually brought this quote up with a lot of guests um and uh this was back in episode 39 so if you haven't listened to that interview with ron garney check it out episode 39 
awesome interview. Um, he he does talk about how he wrote or he laid out this panel in in a way to make it look as if you know Peter's looking up to Cap, you know, lig- you know, figuratively and, and literally. Doesn't matter what the press says. Doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else. The requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. And then we cut to the next page. Peter's just, he's just in awe. And there's a silent panel. And then the next panel, he says, can I like carry your books to school for the rest of my life? Come on, time to get you back to the rest of the group. I mean it. I could give you my lunch. My aunt made tuna sandwiches again. And as I run toward the edge of the roof, off the edge of what I've known and into the darkness of whatever's coming, beside the one hero who will never betray his convictions, never betray those who followed him, I think it feels good to be on the right side again. Nice panel, nice nice page. Um, so then we cut to the... Uh, a car that is um, in the middle of the night driving up and parking. And uh, we hear a voice. You've got an address. Uh, the address and, and your fee are both in the envelope. My client wishes to reinforce that you will only have at best one shot at the primary target. So make the best of it. And the secondary targets. And, and this is the uh, the attorney-like guy for Wilson Fisk, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, how would you describe the man sitting next to him? Uh, well, he is uh, he's he's a balding guy. He's got a, a trench coat on, um, and and you see uh, he's got some interesting glasses. They're um, they're very thin, and the lenses seem to be glowing in some way. So I don't know if I've seen this character before, Rick. Is he? Have, are you familiar with him? Uh, I am not. I don't think. I don't think he is anybody. Yeah, particularly... I wonder if there's some sort of augmented vision or something. I don't know. And the secondary targets. Amuse yourself. Dealer's choice. If he's gone. They really don't matter. But if you can't acquire the primary, understood. One other thing: the target has a tendency to sense danger when it's coming. This may complicate the job. He gets out of the car. Not a problem. I've come to across that sort of thing before. I have a little solution to that problem. It's called sleeping on the job. It's one of my two trade secrets. Yeah? What's the other? And then he pulls out his gun. And he puts it into the car. Never leave a direct connection to a job alive to testify against you. And then he fires, and there's a mix of noise, Bob. Can't hear it. Well, it's a it's a silencer, so it's a nice. Mm. And then he uh, 
gets a lighter and he throws it in the car and it catches fire. Seems like a waste. Yeah, but that was a really satisfying series of panels for me. Well, why was it? A little weaselly guy, you know, uh, one of one of uh, one of Kingpin's lackeys who uh, doesn't seem to have any qualms about Aunt May and, and MJ being taken out as collateral damage. So it's just sort of satisfying. So you're like the Punisher. I am in some ways. Mm, yeah. I see. Okay. Just when I thought I knew you. All right. So we <laughs> cut back to the motel room and, uh, oh, look, there's MJ wearing a different shirt that's showing midriff. Yeah. 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 Ron's got a thing for midriff, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, Rick, I know we see this differently. But I'm I'm also I I just got to point out Ron has really drawn Aunt May as a rather booksomely she's stacked in 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 Garney's view. <laughs> I think it was, I think there's some uh, severe harnesses there though. Bob. She just needs some uh, she just needs some some like hair dye or something. <laughs> A little Clara. Uh, oh boy, I don't like it. He should have been back by now. He. There's a knock at the door, Bob. Yes. Just checking to see if you need any fresh towels, ma'am. No, we're fine. Thanks. Okay, ma'am. Thanks. Good night. Good night. And then she. Oh, he puts a, something on the door, right? He puts some sort of contraption on the door when she's closing it. Right, yeah. What is that, Bob? It's some sort of spring-loaded contraption. I'm assuming it allows him to uh, to maybe blow the door or open it uh, with a remote. That's a cheap motel door. Does he need that? I don't know. I know. It seems like a little bit unnecessary. Yeah. So he uh, walks across the street, still carrying the towels in his hands. He goes up a really crappy place. Looks really disheveled. Uh, and uh, then he gets to the window and he pulls out his rifle that has a scope. And he looks down and he waits. And then he puts his uh, eye to the scope. And it, it rests on Mary Jane, who's looking out the window, waiting for Peter. And we cut to uh, Spider-Man, who's now with uh, the Secret Avengers. You did a very brave thing, Peter. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to change your mind about something after going so far down the road. Saying, I was wrong, has to be the hardest sentence in the English language. Actually, the hardest sentence in the English language is, what are you doing with my wife? There's never really good answer to that one. You've come at a good time, Peter. We're moving toward a final showdown with Tony's forces. We could use all the help we can get. Well, I'll, I'll do whatever I can, but it looks to me like you've got it covered. I hope so. When you go into battle, there are three elements to planning out the engagement. You have to be sure you know what you know, and you have to know what you don't know. So what's number three? Three is the difficult part because there are always some things that you don't know you don't know. And those are the things that you can get you killed. 
We know Tony's resources, his numbers, and thanks to you, his strategy. We know a lot about what's coming. Knowing so much just makes me all the more concerned about trying to figure out what it is that we don't know. I think you're worrying too much. You're the best tactical brain on the planet. I'm sure there's nothing you left out of the equation. And we cut back to MJ in the scope. The end. Or I should say, to be continued. Yes, indeed. Do you remember that uh, that line about, you know, the things you know, things you don't know, and the things that you don't know you don't know? Yeah. Do you remember that quote? That was a like a really famous Rumsfeld quote. Really? Uh, in uh, After the kickoff of the uh, Iraq war. Yeah. Mm. He famously got on TV and, 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 and used that line. I remember it very, very, very vividly back then. Yeah. I, I did not. So yeah. that, so Cap's quoting... Uh, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange, uh, yeah, I, I, maybe he, maybe Rumsfeld was quoting it from someone, but I do remember him, you know, people were given, given the DOD and the Pentagon a hard time about, you know, the things that they screwed up going into Iraq, things that they mm. didn't, you know, and he was making an excuse, that, well, there's things you know, things you don't know, and, and unfortunately, there's things that you don't know, you don't know. Mm. Well, it's true. It is I mean, true. It is absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. All right, Bob, there's two things I would like to do. Um about this particular issue. I, I want to, number one, I want to, I want to get into the quote. Now. Right. The famous quote. Yeah. Number two, I want to talk about JMS and his interpretation of Captain America. All right. right. All right. But before I do that, Bob, we need to get into favorite panel, t-shirt worthy and time capsule. Um, I go first. You went first last time. So I'm going to go with my favorite panel. Are you ready for this? You're not I'm ready. Believe, you're not going to believe me. I'm going to go with page three. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go with page eight. Okay. And it is panel number three. It's the one of the kingpin sitting across the table and we see the back of, of the attorney and we see ping kingpin just looming over him. Yeah. That's a great panel. It, I love that panel. Yeah. It, it, it really reminds me of Frank Miller's kingpin and is just so intimidating. Uh, I mean, his fingers are almost as big as this guy's arms. It's just, it's just ridiculous. It's a little out of proportion, not very realistic, but that's okay. It's comic books. And, yeah. you know, we, we get to see this larger than life uh, guy. Um, and it just, I don't know. That just struck me. Okay. struck me. It's my favorite panel. Yeah. Nice composition. How about you? I think I'm going to go with uh, page 12. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's that entire left side of the page. Mm, you can't that's, take that. I can't? No. No, no. Oh, that's a good one, though. It is. Go ahead. Yeah. Go All ahead. Right. It, you know, it's a full uh, profile of, of Cap standing uh, on the. It's like the roof of a building, right? Because you mm. see uh, his 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 left foot up on, uh, I guess, the the edging of, of mm-hmm. the roof, and you see sort of the uh, that eagle 
Mm-hmm. which is a feature of a lot of buildings in, in New York city. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just, a, it, it's a shield strap to his, it's a great, you know, it's a great, great oh, it composition. Is. It totally you know? is. Yeah. 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 Favorite panel. All right. Favorite yeah. Panel. All right. What's t-shirt worthy. All right. Um, I'm going to go. Um, I believe let's see. That was page, uh, page nine. I think it's page nine, mm-hmm. 12, 11, page 10 cap mm-hmm. and Spidey face to face. Hmm. Yeah. Cap and Spidey mm-hmm. face to face, mm-hmm. right? With uh, Spidey, he just landed on the edge of the building. He's in mm. his crouch mode, and Cap is standing there with his arms crossed. Uh, and those beautiful pouches. Mm-hmm. I really but- wish you went first. I really do <laughs> because uh, you are taking my favorites. Oh uh, no! Really? Yeah. Because if you had gone first, uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. Dude, I was going to T-shirt worthy was totally going to be that cap standing on the edge oh, uh, yeah. because um, and I, I, I wanted. I wanted the word balloon, too. I remember yeah. the first time I really understood what it was like to be what it was to be an American, what it was mm-hmm. to be a patriot. Yeah. To me, that's T-shirt worthy. I think that would look really cool uh, going up and down, you know, the full yeah. length of a T-shirt. But uh, you took it, so I yeah. can't. So I'm going to pivot and I'm going to go with the stupid quote on page 15 or 14, uh, which is the full splash page oh, of yeah. Cap looking down yeah. on Peter yeah. with, with the word balloons. Uh, put that on a T-shirt because uh, I know that'll make some people happy. Indeed. Indeed. And it's got, again, great pouches. Mm-hmm. I like pouches. I'm going to go for my time capsule. Uh, I'm going to go with page two Ooh. and I'm going to go with, uh, the newspaper bin. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 25 cents, baby. 25 cents for a newspaper. Oh yeah. my God. What, what is it now, Bob, to buy a newspaper? What is it it's now? Like a buck 50 or something, isn't it? It's yeah. just some ridiculous amount. Well, yeah. it's really not ridiculous. If you think about all the information you're getting for a dollar 50. Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. A lot of ads, a lot of classifieds. Mm. Do you like pina colada? Anyway. All right. Uh, you want to know what my time gets? <laughs> okay. Wow. We just, <laughs> you went from a newspaper to ads, to classifieds, to yeah. the, the pina colada song, because there's a mention of classifieds in there. That's yeah, how your that's, mind works. That's how it works, baby. <laughs> and you know what? I followed every step of it. <laughs> uh, Rick, I am going uh, with page seven. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going. I'm going with the yellow legal pad that the lawyer has used. Mm. Um, you know, folks, they go their newfangled technology and their iPods and you know their Kindles mm. and uh, right here, baby. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, uh, Bob's showing me his yellow legal. I pad. I buy a stack of these uh, every few months, and I'm a I'm a yellow legal pad fiend. I so why is it going your time capsule? Because it's something that's still going on today and i know hands. but i think it's a i think it's a dying uh it's a dying product i think uh folks are increasingly you know moving away like you know my, my son's in, in eighth I grade is all his homework is is on the computer it's all on canvas mm-hmm. you know it's on these learning management systems like nobody does pads of paper anymore like i i have to every year they give me a list i go get them like a whole thing of three hole punched paper you know line paper mm-hmm. every year it comes back like two sheets used 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, increasingly, I think things like pads of paper and, you know, yellow line paper, whatever. I think it's a, better for the trees. It is. It's a dying product. So yeah. it won't be many more years. We won't see much of it anymore. I, I want to get rid of junk mail. There you go. All right. Uh, all right. So let's get to the quote, Bob. Let's get to the quote. Um, just to, as, a, as a reminder, it, it says, doesn't matter what the press says, doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say, doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. The nation was founded on one principle above all else, Bob, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree besides the river of truth and tell the whole world what, Bob? No. You move. Yeah. All right, Bob. People love this quote. Yeah. Now, anybody who's been a longtime listener of this show knows I don't love this quote. <laughs> but I'm going to yeah. let you go first, Bob. All right. What do you want me to say? You tell, me, say, tell, tell me what you think of the quote. Well, I find the I find the quote problematic. I, I don't think that is the measure of a man to stand up always for what you believe, because often what we believe is wrong. You know, an interesting thing about, uh, you know, I, I do think the interesting thing about this quote, and particularly the the notion that it was based on the writings of Mark Twain slash Samuel Clemens. Is that it was, but it, it came from a very specific uh, writing that uh, Samuel Clemens um, composed near his death. Uh, he died in 1910, and, and this, I think, was uh, was written in the in the probably five or six years preceding his death. It didn't actually get published until 1939, so it's interesting. I don't know how old Steve was at that point. Um, he probably looked. He probably was older than he looked in these panels. But in any case. Um, I think at that time, Clemens was talking about the Spanish-American War in sort of the, the uh, which was fought, you know, in two different places. It was fought, obviously, in Cuba, and it was fought over in the Philippines. And we ended up taking over the Philippines. We ended up occupying the Philippines, and we ended up uh, smashing uh, an independence revolution by Filipino nationalists. And that didn't sit well with with Clemens. And, and the whole country sort of went along with that. And he was he was he was really making a commentary on a quote by uh, Commodore Stephen Decatur, who was a Navy, U.S. Navy Commodore uh, who fought in the uh, Tripoli Wars, you know, the halls of Montezuma, the shores of Tripoli, those wars. And it's a quote that's often misquoted. But in any case, when, when Decatur came back, he was feted at all these different parties up and down the East Coast. And at one, he raised his glass and, and he made a quote that was sort of misquoted in the newspapers. But Basically, the quote is my, you know, my country may not always be right, but my country right or wrong. And so Twain was essentially commenting on what Decatur had said, because the, that quote had been used a lot to justify uh, the U.S. reaction after the bombing of the Maine, which probably wasn't a bombing anyway. It was probably a boiler explosion, which lit off this war, led to us taking over the Philippines and led to us like crushing an, uh, an organic uh, Filipino independence movement, which is the last thing that you would expect the, the, the beacon of democracy in the world to, uh, to, to do. So he wrote this, this group of papers that was really a, a history lesson 
that look back on that error from a thousand years in the future. Uh, and it was called the letters, uh, I think, to the Adam family or letters of the Adam family. And this was letter seven of, of, of that, that series of letters where this, this quote comes from. And he was saying essentially what Cap was saying, but I think in, a, in not quite as uh, a rigid way that he was saying it was important to, to, to use your conscience and, and, and that is important. But I think the thing that I don't like about the way Cap spins it is it doesn't recognize humility, that we can be wrong, mm. right? We can missee the situation and think that, you know, we are standing on principles, but in fact, we don't understand the situation. We don't see the whole situation. And so I, I think it calls, you know, I would have liked him to temper this with a bit of humility. And empathy. And empathy, right. Um, and, and, and the possibility of, of being wrong because Cap's been wrong, um, you know, and so, or at least not right. So I think, you know, that's missing from this. And that leads people to use this quote in ways that can be used to justify anything. Right. And that was the word I was going to use to justify. Yeah. I, first of all, thank you for that history lesson. Um, thank you for the context that went along with what uh, Mark Twain or Clemens was writing about um, and, you know, what was spurning that. So uh, I didn't know all of that. So thanks for for the context. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think this is something Cap would say. But mm -hmm. I do agree with you. I do think there should be some more humility. I do think there should be some more empathy. And the problem I've always had with this quote is that anybody can, can take this quote. And if they, as long as they feel conviction, they can justify anything. Right. right? Yeah. Like Dr. Doom could hear this quote and be like, absolutely. That's why I'm doing this. It's <laughs> yeah. for the better of it's of the goodness of let Laveria, right? right. My people love me. And you know, it red skull. Yeah. Could hear this quote and be like, I I believe this is the right thing. Mm -hmm. No, you move. Yeah. Villains, the best villains anyway, they often see themselves as the heroes in their own stories, right? They yeah, exactly the courage of their convictions. Mm-hmm. And I think the two villains I pointed out definitely fit that mold, right? I mean, there are some villains out there. They're just, they know they're doing something wrong, but they're like, Haha, I like this. Um, but, you know, then they're the ones who feel that they're, you know, I don't know. I mean, Flag Smasher, right? Yeah, right. You know, he, he would hear this quote and be absolutely feel conviction that he is doing the right thing. So, um, and we've had, we've had people on the show, um, you know, to talk about this, uh, you know, different, different guests, different philosophers. Um, you know, we had, uh, Jay Richard Stevens, you know, on here, um, back in, I think episode 47. And we specifically, uh, talked about this. Um, you know, we had, uh, Mark White 
you know, the virtues of Captain America back in episode 30 on here. I'm pretty sure we talked about this. So um, I would love to get JMS on here, uh, not only to talk about the new series, but also to talk about this quote, because, uh, you know, just to 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 see what kind of um, response he has gotten, you know, over over the, the last uh, 15 or so years since since this, this story has been out. Um, so speaking of JMS, mm-hmm. uh, wh- what are your thoughts on his version of Captain America? And does that give you, um, you know, excitement, trepidation uh, to this new series coming out that he's going to be writing? Yeah. No, I mean, I... I, I... I think he gets Cap, you know, I think he tries to, uh, he takes Cap seriously, right? He's not a Boy Scout. He's not, uh, you know, in in the caricature sort of way, right? He's somebody with a history, somebody who's intelligent, somebody who's well-read, um, but somebody who has convictions and principles as well. And, and those convictions and principles are not, you know, as we discussed in, in, in the various conversations we had with, you know, with, uh, with, with Jay Richard Stevens and, and Jason Olson about their books. Um, these, these convictions are cosmopolitan, right? They're not uh, necessarily tied to, uh, to the United States of America, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and the government of the United States. These are principles that transcend nationalism. They apply to all peoples at all times. We all want, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think JMS gets that. I think he gets that about the character. Yeah, I I'm actually very encouraged by his take on Steve Rogers. I think, um, you know, the to your point, you know, the, the he the seriousness of him, the stoicness of him, mm-hmm. um, the the father figure of him he takes his role <clears throat> seriously and then also the the version of a young steve rogers that he would you know see this book uh mark twain and want to memorize this yeah. right so we got a little bit of little bit of a glimpse of of steve, a young steve rogers and and the character behind him so this upcoming series is going to be both, right? It's going to take place in two time periods. It's going to take place in modern day where Steve Rogers is taking on um, a new challenge uh, because it is um, more mystical in nature. I think it is right. More magical in nature. Um, So there's, there's that, but there's also going to be a lot of looks at him pre super soldier and post his mom's death. So he's not a little boy. He is a, a teenager and his time um, becoming a man. Yeah. Right. Before getting the, you know, uh, Project Rebirth. So I'm looking forward to it because I think I, I from what I can read, JMS gets Steve. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, which we did not see here, but when we had Alana Smith on, who is the Captain America's editor, um, we had her on not too long ago. It was episode one forty seven. She let let it out that JMS's version of Steve has a sense of humor. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that should be interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, right now we've seen the stoic, serious side because it is civil war. It was a very, yeah. you know, <laughs> a serious moment. 
Um, but you know, maybe we'll we'll get to a point where we'll get to see uh, some downtime of Steve, and 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 I can't wait to see Steve with a sense of humor. We've seen it in other times, but yeah, but I want to see JMS's version. So I, I'm yeah. I'm actually pretty excited for this new series. Me too. I think it's going to be a fun read, and uh, and you know, and you, you, I, I hate to say it, I sound like a you know broken record, but uh, I like I like a deep story. I like a deep characterization. Um, and, and JMS, I think gives that he delivers on that. Yeah. Yeah. Very much excited for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of excited for upcoming, uh, next episode, Bob, we are kicking off a new, uh, a new, um, what do we call it? A new segment of, of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. And this is going to be called art captivated. As voted by the nice. Facebook listeners, All right? Um, and Art Captivated is uh, our. We're going to have guests on the show who collect Captain America art. So this could be original art, uh, such as commissions. It could be you know stuff in their sketchbooks. It could be published art, and uh, all virgins in between right any any type of art of captain america and you know uh, we're, we'll do our best to kind of describe it here on on the podcast um but it's going to be fun to talk about and okay. uh so if you have you ever had an interest in learning more about uh purchasing original art um for whatever whether it's captain america or anything else um you'll probably pick up some some tips as well and and uh, I got into collecting uh, original art back in 2018, and um, I can't wait to have this next guest on because he's a little bit of my nemesis, Bob. Ooh, nice. Yes. Is he a hero uh, in his own story? He is. Yeah. He totally is. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> when I when I open up the door, I'm like, hello, Newman. <laughs> that's that's kind of how i am yeah. uh but no i i, yeah. I kid uh his name is alberto gonzalez and so alberto it, it will be on the show he has a, a tremendously huge amount of mostly published captain america art it puts my collection to shame he is known as the captain america art collector in in our circles of of original art um i'm 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 getting up there but but he's the guy i think most people go to and uh so i can't wait to talk about his collection he has some amazing covers bob mm. you know like I, I mentioned before you know we just covered um the last episode captain america 317 which has the the hawkeye and captain america. yeah that's yeah alberta owns that cover wow yeah yeah uh you know uh castaway and dimension z yeah yeah, he owns a few of those covers. Wow. You know, you know that cover that uh the last one we did number 8 where it has Sharon on the cover and she says Steve? Yeah. Yeah, he owns that one too. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I know. Anyway, he's got don't an amazing be, Don't be scared off folks. Cuz these are high dollar things, but I think we're going to talk about how, like how you got started, right? And yeah, there's still stuff out there people can buy that uh, is within everyone's grasp. Even our Fred Hembeck card, original art, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So there's yep. a lot to, to to gain from this show. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun uh, yeah. talking with Alberto. So come back next episode for Art Captivated. It's going to be fun. Yep. 
All right, Bob. Well, as always, it has been fun wrapping cap with you. It has. Let's do it again next week. All right. We will do that. Uh, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis. And you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. Thank you.